0: Welcome to the online Bible study. We have reached the final chapter of the book of Ruth. We have seen how God has worked behind the scenes in the lives of Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz, and now we see the plan unfold before our very eyes. Last week, we left off where Boaz had accepted Ruth's proposal for marriage, but there was a glitch in the plans. There was a relative who was closer to Ruth and Naomi than Boaz, and by law, he had first rights to be the kinsman-redeemer. Boaz promised Ruth that he would address the matter to the other relative, but also he reassured her that she would be redeemed, whether it be the other relative or he himself. Now this is where chapter 4 takes off. So let's open our Bibles to Ruth chapter 4 and let's look at verse 1. It says, Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, friend, sit down here. So he came aside and he sat down. Now when it says here that Boaz went up to the city gate, Boaz didn't just go to the city gate because he knew that his relative would pass by and that he needed to talk to him. No, in those days, the city gate was a place to meet, to conduct business. It was a place where court was held and legal matters were settled. City gates became the place where city officials and businessmen gathered to conduct their affairs. So for Boaz to go to the city gate to talk to his relative about Ruth and Naomi was the custom then. As his relative came by, Boaz said, come aside friend, sit down here. So he came aside and he sat down. Then in verse 2, we find that it says, and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Now, Boaz has his relative, ten elders, all as witnesses to this legal encounter. So court was ready to begin. Let's look at verses 3 through 4. It says, Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to our brother Elimelech. And and I thought to inform you, saying, Buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know, for there is no one but you to redeem it, and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Notice here his quick response. He said, I will redeem it. You know, hey, this sounds like a pretty good deal here. It's a good investment. Being a large property owner would enhance his reputation and position in Bethlehem as well as increase his profits each year. So, this sounds like a pretty good deal. Sounds like good news to him. However, Boaz goes on to tell him about Ruth in verses 5 through 6. It says, Then Boaz said, On the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And the close relative said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own reputation. You redeem my right of of redemption for yourself. For I cannot redeem it. You can just about see this relative backpedaling here. Verse 6 says, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I ruin my own inheritance. You redeem my right or redemption for yourself, for I cannot redeem it. There are many views in commentaries about why he refused to be the kinsman redeemer. But one of the commentators said, perhaps the best view is that when he learned from Boaz that Ruth owned the property along with Naomi in verse 5, he knew that if Ruth bore him a son, that son would eventually inherit not only the redeemed property, but probably part of his own estate too. In that sense, the nearer redeemer would endanger his estate. However, if only Naomi were the widow, not Naomi and Ruth, then no son from a Leverite marriage would have inherited part of the Redeemer's estate because Naomi was past childbearing age. Another view was the fact that she was a Moabitess, and he was afraid that the same thing would happen to him as her husband and the husband's brother, which they both married, Moabite women, and they both died. So there's a couple different views as to why he refused. But I find it ironic that he was so concerned about losing his inheritance, and yet his name is not even mentioned in scripture. It says the close relative. His name, family, and inheritance are already forgotten. It is said that the words, my friend, that Boaz used in verse 1 here, became a catchphrase in Israel. In the rabbinic writings, used it to designate for the unknown, John Doe. So when they come up or you hear somebody on the street and they say, hello, my friend, it's a good idea. They don't even know your name funny how things get passed through the ages but here we find boaz was willing to be the kinsman redeemer as the other relative was not the other relative was not even remembered in scripture but yet we see boaz's name written in scripture as well as being held in honor we have talked about jesus christ being our kinsman redeemer Jesus wasn't concerned about jeopardizing his own inheritance instead he made us a part of his inheritance as we see in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 11 and 18 like Boaz Jesus made his plans privately you remember Boaz made his plans at the threshing floor with Ruth whereas Jesus Christ God made his plans before the foundation of the world. But then he paid for the price publicly. Boaz went before the city gate, before the elders and all the people there and made it public that he was purchasing the land and Ruth the Moabitess. Jesus Christ paid the price publicly when he died on the cross so that we could live with him for all eternity. Now let's turn over to verses 7 through 10. Boaz and his relative seal the deal. It says, Now this was the custom in former times, in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging, to confirm anything. One man took off his handle and gave it to the other. And this was a confirmation in Israel. Therefore the close relative said to Boaz, Buy it for yourself, so he took off his sandal. In ancient history, the law for transferring or redeeming property was finalized when the owner removed his sandal and gave it to the other party. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that to walk or to set foot on land met that a person was taking possession or ownership of it. You see this in in Genesis, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. Because the other relative had rightful ownership as the closest kinsman redeemer, he had to give up his rights by taking off his sandal and giving it to Boaz, which then, in turn, gave Boaz the right of ownership. But then we see immediately, to complete the transaction... Boaz called upon the witnesses to confirm the transaction of redemption. Let's look at verses 9 through 10. It says, And Boaz said to the elders of all the people, You are witnesses this day that I have bought all that was Elimelech's and all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance that the name of the dead may not be cut off from among his brethren and from his position at the gate. You are witnesses this day. Boaz turned to the ten elders and to the people standing around witnessing the scene calling upon them to be witnesses to the legal transaction he then itemized exactly what was being redeemed or purchased so that there would be no problem in the future and that the other relative couldn't say that he didn't say that he wanted to be specific so he says and he itemizes look back at the verses he said he bought all that was a And all that was Chilion's and Malon's from the hand of Naomi. Then he said, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, acquired as his wife in order to keep alive the family name and the family property. So, once Boaz had finished calling upon the elders to be a witness, they joyfully responded. What was their response in verses 11? They said, we are witnesses. And then it continues on that they gave a beautiful prayer of blessing upon Ruth and Boaz. Let's look at that. Look at verse 11 through 12. And it says, and all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, yes, we are witnesses. The Lord Make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may you prosper in Ephroth and be famous in Bethlehem. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring which the Lord will give you from this young woman. Notice here that they prayed for Ruth. That she would be as fruitful as Rachel and Leah who together built up the house of Israel. Now you remember Rachel and Leah in the Old Testament in Genesis. It talks about them where they were barren. Just as Ruth has been barren up until this point. But the Lord opened their wombs. We see this in Genesis 29.31 and in Chapter thirty verse twenty two Together these two women had born eight sons who became the heads of eight of the twelve tribes of Israel. And then there was Leah who was the mother of Judah, as we see in Genesis thirty five twenty three, the ancestor of the tribe of Boaz and Naomi. Then we see that they prayed for Boaz that he would prosper and be famous in Bethlehem. As we see in the coming verses that this prayer was also answered. Their third prayer was that the house of Boaz would be like that of Perez. Now the family of Perez had settled in Bethlehem known as the Pezerites clan in, in Numbers 26, 20-32 and were the prominent leaders. And Boaz was a descendant of Perez. Now you remember that Tamar was Judah's daughter-in-law. Her husband was wicked and died. His brother that was supposed to then take on the Levaric law and go into her and have a son abused that law. And God killed him. The third son was promised but never given to Tamar by Judah in fear that he would also die like his brothers. But Tamar heard of this, and she wanted to carry on the family name. So, instead of going to Judah and questioning him about that third son, she turned and tricked Judah, her father-in-law, into sleeping with her. She posed as a harlot and became pregnant with two twins, one of which... Was Perez. Now, Perez's family, just because it came across and he was born in a wrong way, does not mean that God didn't bless Perez. You will find his descendants throughout Bethlehem, and they can trace a lot of the genealogies back to him. Boaz was a godly man, and he was one of the descendants of Perez. When Boaz redeemed Ruth, the people broke out in prayer for him and Ruth and their future family. So it is with Christ. It is because of his redemption that we are stirred to pray, giving thanks to him for redeeming us. Boaz fulfilled his promise as we see in verse 13. Boaz became the kinsman redeemer and he married Ruth and they conceived a child notice the answer to prayer here the Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah the two who built the house of Israel Ruth was barren she had not conceived a child with her late husband Malon God opened her womb and she conceived a child with Boaz just as God opened the wombs of Leah and Rachel he gave her a son which a son was very important in that time because it was through the son that the house is built it was them that carried on the family name what wonderful changes came into Ruth's life she went from loneliness to fulfilled from toiled to to rest, from poverty to wealth. Remember, Boaz was a very wealthy man. She went from worry to assurance, from despair to hope. She was no longer Ruth the Moabitess. The past was gone. She was now Ruth, the wife of Boaz, a new beginning. She was the mother of Obed, God's gift and source of blessing. He was a Redeemer. When we become a Christian, our past is also wiped away. It is wiped clean, and we have a new life, a new beginning. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't suffer the consequences of our past, but God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, as our gift, our Redeemer, and through Him, We are seen as clean. We take off the grave clothes of our old life and put on the grace clothes of our new life. The robe of righteousness. The robe of salvation. Verses 14 to 17 shows how this God-given child, Obed, was a blessing. It says, Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also, the neighbor women gave him a name saying there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed he is the father of Jesse the father of David we see here the women of Bethlehem who had witnessed Naomi's emptiness when she returned to Bethlehem from Moab back in chapter 1 and now praising God that Naomi has received a kinsman redeemer notice the words that they said blessed be the Lord their praise was not to Boaz and Ruth but to the Lord himself because they knew it was the Lord who had given that child as a kinsman redeemer to Naomi and a future descendant of the family look at verse 15 It says, the child was to be a restorer of life to Naomi. He was to renew and sustain her in her old age. Naomi came back to Bethlehem feeling empty. And now the Lord has redeemed her and blessed her with a grandson who would help her and meet her needs and would be one day inherit the family land and keep the family's name going. Just as God gave Obed to be a kinsman redeemer of Naomi, so the Lord has given his only son, Jesus Christ, to be the redeemer of the world, the Messiah and Savior of all mankind. We have seen the providence of God working in the lives of this family throughout the book of Ruth. Now we see the most wonderful thing that happened to Boaz and Ruth and their son, Obed. They were appointed by God to be a part of the chosen line of King David. This meant that they were the ancestors of the promised seed and Savior, the Messiah, the Redeemer of the world. In Ruth chapter 4, verses 18 to 21, we see the Perez family genealogy, which documents the guiding activity of the sovereign God it is so amazing to see how God used all different sorts of people to accomplish his will the book of Ruth clearly shows how God works behind the scenes the book of Ruth may be a small book with only four chapters but it is a powerful book It reveals the providence of God and how he works in our lives every day, even when we don't know it. It's a wonderful picture of Jesus Christ, our kinsman redeemer. In chapter 1, we saw that Ruth follows Naomi to Bethlehem against the wishes of Naomi. Naomi was feeling empty and felt as if the Lord had dealt bitterly with her. Here we saw the consequences of not following the will of God, but God even used our bad choices to glorify his name. God was working in the life of Naomi and Ruth from the very beginning, working behind the scene to fulfill his ultimate plan. In chapter 2, Ruth goes on to glean in the fields to bring in food, and the Lord leads her to the field of Boaz. Ruth didn't even know who Boaz was at this time. And then Boaz discovered Ruth gleaning in his field and invites her to glean only in his field and provides protection for her. And she learned at that time that Boaz was a kinsman. God has been working behind the scene the whole time bringing Ruth to the field of Boaz and Boaz coming to his field at the time that Ruth was gleaning. And then in chapter 3 was the turning point where Naomi instructs Ruth of how to present herself as a bride to her kinsman redeemer. Boaz accepts the marriage proposal and assures Ruth she will be redeemed whether it be the nearer kinsman or he himself. Then it brought us to chapter 4 that we did this week, where we saw God's plan revealed. The nearer kinsman refuses to redeem Naomi and Ruth, but Boaz takes on the responsibility of being the kinsman redeemer. We see a son born who becomes the kinsman redeemer for Naomi and to their descendants after they were dead. An example of God giving his son, Jesus Christ, as our kinsman redeemer. We see the genealogy of David, for which we see the genealogy of Christ, our Savior. This is the final chapter of Ruth. And God writes the final chapter of, Of our life also. Will God find us faithful as He did Ruth? Too many of God's people are content to live in chapter two, picking up the leftovers and doing the best they can in their difficult situation. Even though they can see that they are receiving more than they deserve, they end up concentrating on the gifts. Rather, the giver of the gifts. If we don't wake up and stop focusing on the gifts and get our minds and our hearts on the giver of the gifts, we will miss opportunities in our lives. Naomi missed an opportunity in her life to bring her daughter-in-law, Orpah, to Christ. And she almost missed this glorious redemption by asking Ruth to return to her family in Moab. Praise the Lord that he is working behind the scenes and not us, and that Ruth, through her commitment, chose to follow. Now next week, we are going to begin the book of Esther. When you turn from the book of Ruth to the book of Esther, you enter a new atmosphere. You go from a quiet little Jewish village to a bustling Gentile city, from doing business at the city gate to obeying the decrees of the sovereign monarch, from the joys of a simple life to the intrigues of a complex empire. Ruth and Esther lived in different worlds, but the same God was present and at work in both of their lives. So I look forward to seeing you next week as we start the wonderful book of Esther. God bless.